Hey everybody, it's Michael Douglas, and welcome to Music Makes Me High. And you know, yeah, I got something to talk about. everyone, I'm Michael Douglas, and welcome to this edition of the Music Makes Me High podcast, a Dr. Pundit podcast. And we're going to be talking about Daryl Hall and John Oates' 1982 masterpiece, in my opinion, H2O. And let's get it all started off with their first and only number one track from this album, the number one song, Maneater.
So the album H2O, which, you know, means Daryl Hall and John Oates, they're, they're symbiotic and uh, they form water, I guess. I, I don't know. Was released in October of my uh, freshman year in high school. And I remember I really wanted it the week it came out, but uh, I didn't end up getting it. Uh, I think I got it as a, 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 a Christmas gift uh, because I made such a, you know, such a stink about it. Um uh, in December uh, of that year, and uh, I just remember playing the the record pretty much all the time the following year, 1983. Um, it, you know, it's a solid album, and you know, over the years, I've bought it on a couple of uh, CDs, um, scratched one really badly, that kind of thing. But I've always kept up with the album, and uh, have always played it consistently. And this was the album that really solidified Daryl Hall and John Oates' uh, early 80s uh, prominence, that era. It wasn't an album that was as critically lauded as their predecessor, uh, Private Eyes, an album that yielded two number one hits, Private Eyes, and I can't go for that. But it place them on firm pop ground nonetheless. And we'll be hearing that album today. And we'll also be hearing some um, segments from an MTV special that was done on uh, the release of this album as they were working through sessions for the album's closure, uh, Go Solo, which is one of my favorite tracks on the album. It's the album, it's a song that that uh, that ends out the album. And we'll be hearing that uh, throughout here. Uh, but let's keep going right now. Um, we just heard the number one hit, Maneater. Right now, here are Daryl Hall and John Oates with the number two and three tracks from the album. First, Crime Pays, and then Art of Heartbreak. I'm Michael Douglas. You're listening to Music Makes Me High. This album certainly does to this day. Daryl Hall and John Oates' 1982 number one Billboard 200 album, H2O.
Unless you're a musician or you work in the music business, you might never have the opportunity to actually visit a recording studio, to see all the things that go into the making of a record, the moments of inspiration, the give and take between the musicians, the moments of frustration, all the subtleties, all the fine points that mean the difference between a good record and a great record. I'm Mark Goodman. MTV visited with Daryl Hall and John Oates in the studio as they recorded their new album called H2O. We had the rare opportunity to watch Daryl and John as they developed a new song called Go Solo. We watched it grow from the sketch of an idea to its final form here on the record. You know, if Daryl writes a song or if I write a song, we already have a predetermined uh, goal in mind and what we want the song to come out as. There's, there's happy accidents along the way and, and you know, inspiration and things that, uh, other things that come into play. Yeah. The band play? psychiatrists we write songs it's not even songs it's anything it's art it's art in general uh, that's why people do it it's something that's inside you that has to come out and the closer you get to that to that natural expression the better you're going to feel about it I think so i figure that would be the second half of the of the verse and also, to, to also bridge across and also under the solo as well right I'm Michael Douglas. You're listening to Music Makes Me High, the podcast. We're discussing H2O, the album I got for Christmas uh, during the winter season of 1982 and played incessantly the following year. And we just heard Art of Heartbreak from that album. And um, just after that, you heard a snippet from an MTV special done on uh, the the duo's recording process as they were wrapping up that album by uh, finally laying down tracks for um, the final cut, uh, which we'll hear at the end of this broadcast, Go Solo. And they're talking about the songwriting process. And, uh, you know, I always find that very interesting. And, uh, you know, I'm getting this from YouTube, so you can search and take a look at it and see what all that involves visually. Uh, But they're very earnest. Um, They really want to get the soulfulness out. They're doing multiple tracks. And when you watch this uh, unfold, um, in addition to uh, the voice tracks we're hearing, you'll really see how well Daryl Hall gets into it. And he he wants to kind of portray uh, the message of the song throughout its soulful intonations. And, you know, that... uh, again, um, solidified in my mind, their um, artfulness as being, you know, so-called blue-eyed soul artists, white artists who who embody uh, black music and, and, you know, place their own energy and feeling into it. And that was certainly evident in the next track we'll hear from the H2O album, a song called One on One, the second release from the album, hit number seven on the pop charts. And here's where the soulfulness comes in. Number eight on the R&B singles chart, the first R&B top 10, um, and it would be their last. 
Um, but they had other singles that would hit the R&B charts. Um, but their first top 10 on the R&B charts since they hit number one on the R&B charts was I Can't Go For That. Uh, so a very soulful tune. We're not going to hear the 12-inch, uh, which is widely available. We'll hear the album cut. And, it, you know, it's a very strong song. Um, the imagery of him walking around the city, um, you know, kind of puts a nice vibe on it if you're watching the video. So uh, let's get into it. Um, a solid song, the second top 10 hit from the LP, H2O, Daryl Hall and John Oates with One on One. And then after we hear the next track, Open All Night, we'll go back in to uh, pick up on their sessions as they continue to record what turns out to be Go Solo. Enjoy. I'm Michael Douglas. You're listening to the Music Makes Me High podcast. Oh, oh. 
each album project is a challenge to us as, as writers first to, to first come up with the material and have songs that we really love and really are excited about. If that happens, the album seems to come together very easily, you know, and that's our challenge. Uh, and we have different standards of success and, and achievement than what the outside has. You know, we have our own standards. And, uh, yeah. you know, we're not trying to live up to private eyes. We're trying to live up to things that might have, you know, that only mean something to us. Quarter notes, or do you think you should just play back these? Oh, two and four. Maybe it's better on two and four than quarter notes. Right. Right. I don't know. Try both ways. Yeah, try both ways and see which sounds best. Ready when you are. I'm ready. Okay. Ready.
thing that we enjoy most out of everything is overdubs because that's where the textures come in and that's the fun part because you can really take your time and play around and get some new sounds unusual things the, the original sound is just the pure sound maybe better for this part this section than having there the, should be know, the, double. the whole idea is that it, it gets really big and then it should come down right, right. Very so the pure thing it. maybe a little and more intimate and, and you know yeah. a little more direct yeah the double thing with it with the you know it beats and it's a little wider i don't mm -hmm. know if that's quite right yeah. also the song is getting really big now we want to remember we want to keep the rhythm section in the front yeah when yeah we keep it keep it sounding like on. a band and not really get into yeah. all these definitely let's go for it may have a, a complete vision in his head but it it never it, it's never going to be the way it is in, in the mind's sure. eye it's going to come out different I mean, he knows the process is he knows there's going to be a mountain in the sky but yeah. he doesn't know what, what the sky is going to look like yeah. or whether the mountain is going to be uh, in the distance or up front the the song begins to take on a shape and a feeling and color now yeah. and it begins to have a character and that character will influence the way we approach it vocally yeah how we sing how many backgrounds maybe maybe it's so full now that we won't need many backgrounds on this and also the lead vocal may you know the lead vocal will now have to be very powerful in order to yeah. match the the uh, intensity of the track before you just heard daryl hall and john oates there discussing their uh, art of uh what a track sounds like adding and taking away background vocals making it sound as though a band were recording it very fascinating it's just a you know you get into the recording process and uh it's just uh it's it's amazing what they can do with multi-track recorders and the like before that we heard their third top 10 uh of three top 10 hits from that album h2o a track called family man and as we go on further into the album the next two tracks are mostly transitional tracks the next track, Italian Girls, I think is the weakest track on the album, uh, but it's followed by a song called Guessing Games that uh, I remember the local station, pop station, top 40 station at that time, they were really trying to get it added. Uh, and I always, you know, I just remember looking out for it in record stores, but I could never find it. Uh, uh, it's because they never released it. It was an airplay only track, uh, but it was a song called Guessing Games, which I think is a pretty good song. And you, you kind of know what the gist is about there. And, you know, it's a song about Daryl Hall, who uh, is singing to a love of his life. He doesn't want to lose her, but she just keeps being coy. Um, you got to give me something to hold. That cute routine he got is wearing thin. So, baby, can you do it for yourself and for me? I don't want to lose you. I just want us to win. How simple does it get than that? Guessing Games, a great poppy song. I like it. One of the couple of transitional songs from the beginning to the end of the album. H2O, that's what I'm talking about on this edition of Music Makes Me High. I'm Michael Douglas.
doesn't really have much to do with what is inside the album then, right? Or does it? Well, yeah, I think it has a lot to do. It has not, no, nothing specific on this album. I think it has to do with what we're all about. There is a chemistry, and it's why we're together, you yeah. know? And it also, I think, it, this, this album is, is a point for us. Um, yeah. Every album is. I mean, for any artist, uh, they'll always say that the album they're working on it means, you know, it's a certain point in their careers and their creative, you know, lives, whatever. But this album, I think, is really a point because we finally reached, reached a, a, a place where we're making music now the way we've wanted to do it. And uh, the voices in the Private Eyes album have really led up to this point. And this is a, a very band-oriented album. It's all the things that we've said in, in our in press and to people, you know, through the years that we've wanted to achieve. We've started to, it's, it's really come together in this album. So when you take it in that context, that sort of elemental, you know, molecular structure of water, H2O, and, and that, it, it, it does sort of have a, have a, a concept or a meaning. It's sort of after the fact. We didn't plan it that way, but it, it seems to uh, be very accurate. Our, our standards have never changed. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they've changed from when we were uh, 14 years old. It's just a matter of getting there yeah. get, and getting getting it to where you want it. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not saying I'm not saying this is like the ultimate expression. But I hope it's not. I hope that it's never never the best one because if it is, then we got nowhere to go. I think if you work fast, you you are. You know, you retain the spontaneity. I think that's real important to keep keep it new, keep it fresh. I think you can overwork something and make it sound real dull and real, you know, bland by by looking at it too closely. I think first takes, both on rhythm section dates and vocal dates and all those things, just doing it, bam, and there it is, is the best yeah, way to do it. Yeah. You talk about doubling, right? He was doubling the background with the lead in that part in the end. Oh, on the end, yeah. 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 which I, I don't think I've ever hit before. In full voice, that's hot. Something, something has happened. I don't know, I don't know what that was. Yeah. It's called practice. Yeah. Practice? <laughs> no, I don't know what it is. Daryl Hall and John Oates there in the recording sessions in their final days for the H2O album and their recording of the final song, Go Solo, which we're on the cusp of hearing it's uh, in its uh, uh, entirety, uh, polished form. Um, and uh, John Oates was just kind of talking there about, you know, this album was, the, you know, the apotheosis uh, uh, as to where they were at that point. Uh, they stated that uh, the success of the, the previous album, Private Eyes, led to, to even greater success, uh, even though H2O, H2O may not have been that creative um, in the minds of critics. It was still a massively successful commercial album, and they certainly were about to reap the rewards. The album would spend four weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 200 album chart, becoming their longest 
ever album, uh, you know, to spin at that position. And um, again, it was a, a good, uh, I think the album represented a peak in their commercial success. Uh, the album that came after that uh, continued that trend, albeit not as successful, but still did their Big Bam Boom album, uh, followed by their late 80s album, Oh Yeah, which pretty much uh, Daryl and John Oates were about, uh, were making the transition out of commercial success. Uh, but uh, 82 was it. They were, they were certainly at a peak. Continuing on with the album right now is the ninth track. Here are Daryl Hall and John Oates with delayed reaction. After this, we'll get them a little bit more as they near the completion of the sessions for the track Go Solo, which we'll hear at the end of this show. Music makes me high. You bet it does. I'm Michael Douglas.
background. I noticed that there's a, there's a new person who's joined us in the room. Yes, just so happens. No, we've been, uh, we're on, we have a sort of a deadline here. Uh, this uh, a problem when you have to uh, go on the road immediately after the finish of an album. So we're, uh, we had the release date pushed up a little bit. So plus, I mean that, and plus we've also wanted to work with, this is Hugh Padgham, and we wanted to work with him. And so we're uh, bringing him into the project to uh, mix the album. Okay, well, they've got everything recorded on the tape now, and what I have to do is try and make it sound like a record. In other words, mix. Hey, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, what do you do when you're mixing? You put all the, the different instruments up like we have here, and you can fiddle around and add a little bit more echo. You can, you know, add all, all sorts of different devices and things to, to what's already down on the tape. So, you know, between us, we sort of talk about, well, how about having this sort of echo on the vocal in the verse and changing it to something else in the chorus or something like that. And, you know, it's where you can, you know, you could make this one particular song sound different in a million, in a million ways. Yeah. You know? yeah. Has there been any discussion already about what you have in mind for Go Solo? Well, we've decided, I think, that we want to keep it pretty close to, as yeah. all the other tracks mm -hmm. do, we want to keep it pretty close to the way it's been recorded. These guys are pretty smart, so they've got it arranged pretty well on the tape. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes you can get um, songs that maybe you don't have too much idea how, it's, how you want it to sound when the mix, so you, you leave a lot of things open on, on the tape and you maybe uh, cut them out when you mix and stuff. Right. Daryl Hall and John Oates are joined by Hugh Padgham, who was involved in the final mixing of the album there, and uh, quite interesting in, on how that's developing. So we're getting very close to the end of the album, of course, and the end of the track goes solo as a finished project. And before we get to that, um, just a few more closing words on the album here. This next track is called Attention, a play on the word attention. And this is a track where Daryl Hall, uh, as a songwriter, I guess, uses uh, uh, the analogy of being a soldier um, who is facing uh, trepidation, whether it's the next stage in this relationship, whether it's uh, uh, the beginning of a more intimate you know, path in the relationship. It's kind of hokey if you kind of look at the lyrics, which is what I'm doing right now. But in the context of the whole song, it's about you know, wanting to go forward, but wanting to be respectful to uh, the partner's wishes. All good soldiers stand to arms. All good soldiers try so hard to follow orders, never asking why. I'm standing at tension, at tension. I'm standing at tension, so ill at ease with you, afraid to make a move. But there's no warning and only waiting when a strange love drops the bomb all this fighting, it can hurt you, but it's the little wounds that do the harm. I'm standing at tension, at tension. All good soldiers stand to arms. All good soldiers try so hard to follow orders, never asking why. They are never asking why. I'm standing at tension, so ill at ease with you, afraid to make a move. Well, you know, 
I kind of see it as uh, within the scope of this podcast as building up the tension to the to the final product uh, that we've been hearing uh, Daryl Hall and John Oates uh, kind of uh, leading up to throughout this entire podcast, the mixing of the final track of the album, Go Solo. But first, here's At Tension, and then I'll see you on the other side of the song. Michael Douglas right here on the Music Makes Me High podcast.
Start pushing things up, you know. You don't want to start losing the drums and everything. No, yeah. right. As the song progresses, the vocals get louder, the guitars get louder, and all of a sudden, you know, you gotta always sort of watch that. Fader chasing. That's right. Right. Next I think you know, we could have a little bit more oomph in the bass drum then. Generally. It's real close though, right? Yeah. Okay. Why were you mixing on these speakers? Okay. Well, basically because, um, well, several reasons. But firstly, because these ones sound more like um, a, like a car radio or generally a home system. These big guys up here, no one has anything like that at home. If it yeah. feels exciting and, and sounds really good at a low level on small yeah. speakers, mm -hmm. when you put it upstairs on the big speakers, it'll be it'll very sound dynamite. It'll be amazing. Now what about the difference between uh, what we would hear on a tape in the studio and a record? There's, now, there's, there's a few steps in between this. This sort of, would, would listening to it on these speakers sort of get you closer to that? Um, sort of, yes. The thing is, you when when we take the tape after we've finished it to the, the cutting room, which is where they actually make the master lacquer, it's called, which is um, like a record. It's actually, you play that and the, the cutting needle cuts into it and then they send that off to the factory and they they spray it with metal and then go ahead and make their stampers to cut a long story short it's just the quality of a record is is never as good as as, as the original tape all right here we go then from John Oates' mouth, the God's Ears, are wrapping up the H2O sessions with Go Solo, which we're about to hear in a second. 
For me, it's my favorite track on the album. It just all flows, and um, uh, I'm glad MTV chose to focus on the recording of that track, uh, even though it wasn't a released single. Uh, it's a strong track to end the album with, and uh, to this day, I still play it. Um, and at 4 minutes and 35 seconds in length, it's the perfect pop song length to end the album out. It keeps your attention, and it just sounds great. And it uh, symbolizes the recording of um, an album that was fairly easy for them to make, which is what they've been saying throughout this this entire podcast. So uh, enjoy it. I still enjoy the album to this day. Um, H2O, Daryl Hall and John Oates. It's it's up there. I don't think it's their best album, but it's certainly a strong favorite. It's one that uh, uh, was a gift that was given to me. And, um, you know, I've bought other formats over the years and continue to enjoy it digitally today. Daryl Hall and John Oates are ending out this edition of the Music Makes Me High podcast with the 11th and final track from their 11th album, H2O. Here's Go Solo. I'm Michael Douglas. Thanks for listening. And uh, this is the podcast just before Thanksgiving 2020. And, um, uh, uh, I see brighter days ahead for a lot of reasons. So keep watching for episodes of the podcast. You can get it anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google. You can hear it on iHeartRadio as well as TuneIn Radio, all forms. Just go out and enjoy it. Download it every chance you get. This is the Music Makes Me High podcast. And until next time, thanks for listening.
Thanks so much for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe to Music Makes Me High on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you download your favorite podcast so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, keep the music playing. And don't forget to think about what you're listening to.